Are you so stressed out you are about to pull your hair out? Well, join the crowd. Today, though, I'm going to tell you the cure for what's stressing out America today, and you won't guess. You're listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, a psychiatrist and your terrorist therapist. I'm here to help you and your family reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. And no, we're not going to uh, start any later than right now. Right now, this country, no matter who you voted for or what things you agree with and what things you don't agree with that's in the news, which is incredibly mean-spirited these days, you are undoubtedly under a tremendous amount of stress. This country is not, was not only divided in half by the election, during the election, but even now that the election is over, people are not willing to let bygones be bygones. And um, in fact, in some places and in some ways, the heat is um, growing even stronger. Now, I think uh, one of the ways that we saw this was in the women's movement where um, some of the speeches were incredibly, incredibly laced with profanity. And that was, uh, one wonders how they expected to be respected. But this morning, I even saw a, an article um, in the LA Weekly, which uh, has to do with federal cash to sanctuary cities. In other words, um, the mayor of LA and various people in California and LA are, you know, really have their panties in a knot because they're all upset uh, because they want this to be a sanctuary city without calling it the name sanctuary city. And they're ready to um, go up in arms, uh, even if any, they don't want to go along with whatever the feds, um, i.e. President Trump, decides about this. Now, what's really upsetting me about this particular article is that there's a picture in it of a little girl, a cute little girl. She seems like she could be maybe five years old, and she's carrying a, a placard, a poster, in um, the street. Um, you know, I think this was related to the L.A. and an L.A. protest march. And the sign says, and she's smiling and looking adorable, and the sign says, Fuck Donald Trump. I mean, excuse me for my profanity, but it's F. Uh, and then instead of the U, there's a heart. And then CK, Donald Trump. Well, you know, is this really what we've come to? To have cute little girls standing in the street holding signs of profanity? I don't know about you, but it really has gotten to me. So I have the cure for you. The cure... <laughs> is to go see a movie. What? I know you're saying, what? Go see a movie? Really? That's your original cure? And what's that going to do? Well, not just any movie, but the movie Patriot's Day. Patriot's Day is a movie that's just recently come out, and it is um, about the 2013 Boston Marathon bombing and the subsequent terrorist manhunt. 
Now, I'm going to tell you some things about the movie and about, you know, some highlights and what we can learn from this movie. But the reason why I'm, I'm telling you about all this, besides to urge you to please go see the movie, is um, because this is what's wrong with America. We are forgetting that the enemy is not each other, regardless of our political beliefs. The enemy is not each other. This is a democracy. We're supposed to discuss disagreements. We're not supposed to have little kids holding um, posters laced with profanity. So, so uh, the enemy is radical Islamist terrorism, or uh, AKA jihadists. And um, that's what this movie reminds us of that in, on April 15th, 2013, in Boston, um, at the marathon, every Patriot's Day, there's a, which is the first Monday, I mean, the third Monday of April, um, that is always the day of the Boston Marathon. And they call it Patriot's Day because the first battle of the American, the American Revolutionary War was fought near Boston in 1775. So it's all very patriotic. And of course, for terrorists, you know, it wasn't just that it was a marathon, the finish line of a marathon where there would be thousands of people, but it was to have the symbolism, just like 9-11 uh, in the World Trade Center, it's to have the symbolism of, of it being Patriot's Day. In fact, one of the things I think is so interesting is that the two terrorists, um, the two Chechen brothers, um, Zokhar Sarnayev and Tamerlan Sarnayev, they actually, they learned, first of all, how to make homemade uh, bombs by learning on the internet from Al-Qaeda videos. And they were originally planning on bombing um, uh, something on on uh, July 4th um, and they wound up they wound up that they finished they learned how to make their bombs sooner so they chose Patriots Day instead in April uh, as the site of their bomb target so now um, I just want to say something Patriots Day plural is not to be confused with Patriot Day, singular, which is our celebration, or memorial, I should say, of 9-11. So, okay, so getting back to the movie. The, um, this movie, one of the reasons why, why you have to see it and why it so, has such an impact to remind us how we should be patriotic and grateful that we live in this country um, is that it combines acting and actors with uh, newsreels and videos, uh, real, in other words, real materials that were collected on that day. And, but because it's First of all, you know, in a movie theater, because you see it on the big screen, and because it is this combination um, that they are able to, to create in a movie, it is a lot more powerful than whatever you saw on your television near the time of the Boston Marathon or since. 
that 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 this movie makes that look like a cartoon, um, or I should say, a black and white cartoon, because this is so much more powerful. The movie soon gets into the actual bombing, and you see the explosions. There's the one, and you're you know you gasp um, because because there are body parts strewn around, and there are buildings that are destroyed, and there's the cloud of smoke. And, you know, it's just, um, and, and it's on the sidewalk. You know, unlike the, um, the Twin Towers, which, of course, was horrific, uh, un unbelievably, unspeakably horrific itself. But that's interesting because that was kind of in the towers. And then we saw the people and the, the, the uh, um, carnage and the... Uh, the, the, the catastrophic it was. But here, because the bombs were carried in the backpacks of these two terrorists and put on the ground, you see the explosion, you know, really up close and personal. In other words, it was really close to um, the people that we see on the screen. So, um, and, and also they talk about how um, uh, the reason why so many people lost their limbs, their lower limbs, is because of it being on the ground on the sidewalk. So anyhow, that's how the, the, the movie starts, um, pretty much, soon after, right after it starts. Uh, and then, you know, you're aghast enough at that. And then, of course, there's the second explosion. There were two bombs. There were two terrorists. They each had a bomb <laughs> in their backpack. And... Um, and so you're not really expecting the second one to go off. And then, of course, it does. So um, what are some of the things, you, you know, another reason why this, the movie is so impactful is because it looks up close and personal at the people involved. It looks at the victims, um, you know, being taken to the hospital, and you know the ambulance is coming, the stretchers, the people being taken to the hospital, the treatment in the hospital of some of them. Um, you, you get to know their lives a little bit and the families and so on. And then also you get to know the first responders, some of them and their families and their life before um, this event. And so you kind of connect to the people involved and it's not just something that you read in the newspaper. And again, why am I telling you this and why is this so important? Because, because we can't forget who the real enemy is and what we're, what, we, what we're fighting against, what we have to protect ourselves against, what we need to become more resist, resilient um, against. So let me tell you some of the lessons that are learned from the movie. One of the things that's interesting is that um, the at the very right after the uh, bombs go off, uh, we see the police and you know various uh, authorities come to the site, and there is the um, Boston uh, special agent for the FBI who comes, and just like what has happened since then, um, what, what seems to keep happening is that people are so, the authorities, whoever they may be for any particular terrorist attack, are so hesitant to say this is, or at least this could be, a terrorist attack. 
And that was the case with the Boston Marathon bombing. And the FBI agent said that he didn't want to say that this was terrorism, even though everybody else around him was um, looking at what just went on and, and clearly thought that it was a terrorist attack. But he said he doesn't want to call it terrorism because then it gets political. And then also there will be anti-Muslim backlash. Well, you know, that, that certainly may be true. But at the same time, it also helps the people, like the people of the city that the attack occurs in, for example, to be more vigilant, to realize that this is something of, of tremendous proportions, that perhaps you should go home and, um, and be safe in place. Um, perhaps you should, you know, contact your family members, you should make your plan, or you should have had your plan, of course, as I always say, um, but you should enact your plan and, um, and just be aware of what is going on. And then, of course, there's the fact that there could be, if it is a terrorist attack, I'm not just talking about the Boston Marathon, but any terrorist attack, there is, of course, the possibility that there will be follow-up ones, either by those people or by other terrorists. And in fact, um, these two terrorists, the Sarnea brothers, were planning after the Boston Marathon um, bombing to then go to Manhattan, to Times Square, and set bombs there as well. So it's the, what, we, what we've learned from that aspect is that people need to say, the authorities need to tell us, <laughs> we're big people, <laughs> Um, they need to, you know, we don't need to be treated like children. Um, we need to be told what they think it is. And yes, if they're not sure, then at least say this could be a terrorist attack. We're not sure, we're investigating, but maybe likely, we, you know, it could be a terrorist attack. Second point. The second point kind of goes along with the first is that um, there was a great reluctance to show the photographs of the two terrorists. And what was really amazing, and they, of course they put so many people on this, you know, so many investigators, and they were, they, well, they gathered um, video uh, very quickly from the stores that were around those places, um, you know, where the bombs went off, and from videos that people in the streets had collected um, themselves, photographs and videos, and they had a whole army of, of investigators looking at these videos and piecing these things together and figuring out, you know, who was coming from where to that spot and who was carrying a backpack and things like that. And pretty soon they were able to figure out that it was the, well, they were able to figure out, they were able to get these pictures of these two uh, young men, the older Tamerlan um, was 26 and uh, Zokar was 19. And they were each wearing baseball hats, um, a white hat and a black hat. And so they, that's how they were identifying them. And you could see them very clearly in that way in the videos. But they didn't want to release, the, release these videos because well, purportedly, because um, they didn't want 
uh, well, there was really no good excuse, but it seems apparent to me that one of the reasons was because the um, FBI had been warned about Tamerlane um, Zarnaev uh, by Russia early on, two years before, and they had done an investigation of him and his family and decided that he was not a threat. And I think part of the reason why they didn't want to um, release the pictures, I mean, first, at the very beginning, they were still trying to identify who, who these were pictures of, so that's part of it. But then they eventually did identify these two young men, and, and then it became incredibly embarrassing that they didn't continue, as we have seen in so many other terrorist attacks. Omar Mateen, the, um, the Nice truck driver, the um, Berlin truck driver, and on and on and on. Most of the terrorist attacks have been done by people who have come under the radar at one time or another and then were not continued to be followed. So that was a part of it. And then eventually, one reason why they did release the photos is because um, some other people had been misidentified as the terrorist bombers. And um, so they, want, they felt that it was only right to not have these people being thought of as the terrorists and, you know, could be harmed by other people and so on um, if people were thinking that these were the terrorists. Um, but then the real clincher was that somebody had linked, had, had, had leaked <laughs> these photos to Fox News. And it got back to the FBI agent that Fox News was going to release the photos. And obviously that would have looked very bad for the FBI. So they called a news conference and they released the photos. So what does that tell us? What do we learn from that? We learn from that that the photos um, you know shouldn't be released willy-nilly I mean obviously I'm sure that um, the people who whose photos were released as the alleged terrorists and they really weren't the terrorists you know that was um, they they certainly could claim and certainly for a while at least they did have um, a negative that did have a on their life and it could have been very dangerous for them but really but they were, they were um, sure that these were the terrorists long before they actually released the photos and this way if they had released them when they were fairly sure and, and you know again it happened really pretty quickly then the public could have helped them earlier on in identifying the terrorists or in future terrorist attacks, future terrorists. So it's important to, to let the public know, I mean, this, but what is this, I've got a secret, you know? <laughs> the third thing that I found particularly interesting as a psychiatrist, um, you may have heard about how the younger brother, uh, Zokar had run over his brother, his older brother, um, during the escape. What happened was that the police, um, there was a whole police shooting. I'm not going to give you too many details. I mean, you know, you know what happened. There was the Boston Marathon bombing. The end, you know the ending. Um, one got killed and one is now in prison. With, uh, and he was convicted of uh, many count, 30 counts 
and he was um, given um, he given a death sentence, but he's now on appeal. Okay, so you know the end before the movie. <laughs> I didn't give it away. Um, but anyhow, um, the the thing is that uh, so there was this shootout and the police were surrounding them and and you know the the way that they it was amazing that there were so many that there were so many police and only two of them and yet they managed to do incredible incredible damage injure a lot of police and and uh, because they had explosives still with them and so they set those out and that blew up the police cars and anyway there was a lot of carnage so um so the um, uh, well, the older brother, uh, Tamerlan, got shot, and he was lying in the street bleeding, and he ultimately died soon after. And um, the the younger brother then uh, they had two two cars, and so the younger brother took the second car, and he uh, escaped. And you could it was hard to tell in the movie, but the idea was supposedly that he escaped in that direction because because that was the best way to escape for him to escape that's the way his car was facing and so on but when you look at the relationship that the two brothers had clearly his older brother was had bullied him all his life had taken advantage of him and and had introduced him and encouraged him to become a radical islamist terrorist had gotten him really involved in this because the older brother had been radicalized much earlier. And he, um, you know, he needed a partner. <laughs> he he uh, engaged his brother uh, in, in becoming his partner. Now, when the brother then saw, when, when Zokar then saw his older brother lying in the street, riddled with bullets, dying, and um, he tried to escape, Clearly, he, it occurred to him at that time, uh, probably sooner, that this wasn't as glamorous or glorious as the older brother had made it out to be. And so psychiatrically, psychologically, what I believe is that perhaps he could have escaped in some other way, but consciously or unconsciously, um, he purposely um, rolled over, ran over his brother. Now, Again, even if, even if really that was the only way he could have escaped, he, I think that he was enjoying, to some degree, uh, uh, getting back at his brother for getting him into this mess. Uh, and and um, I'm, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the two of them and, and, and you know, their history. But, so I just want to say, though, for this third lesson, the third lesson from this movie and from the whole story is that we need to um, we need to understand more about self radicalization, and we need to uh, develop a way for family members to report members of their family who they are afraid are going down this path. Because surely, um, well, surely, Tamerlan's wife knew what they were doing, even as this day apparently refused to cooperate and denies that she knew anything about it. 
Um, but surely she did. I mean, they show in the movie, they show that uh, the brothers were looking at these videos, the, the internet videos about how to make bombs right in the middle of the living room. So, um, so clearly, you know, and, and besides even her, they show the questioning of her right after the bombing. And um, she says that she's just not going to say she doesn't, she doesn't even try to um, come up with a lot of excuses about not knowing she as much as she says that you know as the wife it's her duty to um to um, like respect her husband or not know anything or not say anything so there needs to be a cleaner clearer path where families you know who perhaps are afraid they're going to get into trouble if they say that one of their family members is planning an attack um, there has to be some kind of a, a protection for other family members who let the authorities know. So um, I want to talk a little bit about, about these brothers. Um, you know, what's sad is that, well, the whole thing is ridiculously sad, but um, what's sad is that, that you know, there, there are, are um, reports that it is, that the it is the mother of the two brothers who was a radical Islamist and who influenced them, particularly who influenced her older son. And then, as I said, he enlisted the younger one. Um, Tamerlan was um, that both of them were they were half Chechen through their father. And they identified with Chechnya, even though they weren't actually born there. And they, uh, the family emigrated in 2002 to the United States. They applied for political asylum. Uh, Tamerlan went to Bunker Hill Community College, but dropped out to become a boxer. His goal was to was a place on the U.S. Olympic boxing team. And um, he said that unless Chechnya becomes independent, he would rather compete for the United States. Now, um, what really the story with him is really that he, and it, it calls him, uh, it, it calls him like he is, um, you know, in the movie. It, tell, it does give a little bit about his background. And really the gist of it is, I mean, he, he has even said, and he's quoted as saying that he, he never had any American friends. He didn't fit in in America. And even though he went to school here, he never really could, uh, felt at home here, uh, could, and could make friends, you know, possibly because he was such an angry guy. <laughs> But, um, and then, and then he didn't do as well in boxing. What really kind of triggered him is that his, his plans, his goal to be on the Olympics, the Olympic boxing team, um, started to appear that it was not going to be likely to happen. And, um, and then he married, um, a U.S. citizen, Catherine Russell, and, and um, in 2010, and uh, so three years before the bombing. And Catherine was pregnant at the time with their daughter. I'd like to think that maybe if she wasn't pregnant, you know, if she, if she felt maybe there was a way out or, 
I mean, in other words, perhaps she felt as though um, uh, she wanted, she didn't want to, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't know, trying to make excuses for her, I guess, but um, didn't want to be a single mother, didn't want to seem as though she had done something uh, uh, to be frowned upon by people, by her family. Um, you know, perhaps she was, well, also just when women become pregnant, they are more vulnerable to the idea of marrying the man who got them pregnant, even if he is a bad boy, <laughs> as terrorists are the ultimate bad boys. But, um, uh, so that was their story. And, um, and then, and then Zokar, he was doing much better. I mean, he was younger. Um, and so... He was able to go to school longer. I mean, he was younger when they came to the United States. And so he was able to integrate better. And he was, you know, on his way to a good life. <laughs> he was a student at the University of Massachusetts, Dartmouth. He was majoring in marine biology. Uh, he became a naturalized U.S. citizen in 2012. I mean, just September 2012, so less than a year before he got uh, talked into the bombings by his brother. And um, and that's that's their story. And then, of course, you know the uh, the reason um, um, you know the brother was able to to sort of get him to believe in these radical ideas and, and uh, get him to go along. So the total, um, it's amazing that there weren't more killed in this bombing. Um, there were a total of six people killed, which includes three people from the bombing, which includes an eight-year-old boy, and um, two police. Um, one police officer was shot and then this was after, not in the bombing, but during the chase, and they, there, was, there were two police who were shot. Um, and then, of course, the older brother was killed. Now, there were, um, even though there were only three, pe three people killed at the marathon uh, itself, there were 264 people injured at the marathon. I mean, it's staggering. Um, and you can kind of get the sense of that in the movie where they're calling for ambulances and ambulances are carting people away. And it, it's just, um, it looks like a war zone. It was a war zone. It was uh, a war. It is. And it was a war zone and it is a war perpetrated by jihadists. And that's kind of the point here. <laughs> um, why why you need to go see the movie, why you need to remember really who the enemy is. And um, before I close, I want to go to the letter, Ask the Terrorist Therapist part of the show. Um, and I want to remind you to please send me your emails. Um, uh, soon I will be able to give you a website address. <laughs> that you can uh, go to and, and uh, fill in the contact page there to send me your questions or comments, and I will answer these on subsequent shows. In the meantime, you can go to my Twitter page, which is at Dr. Carol MD, at D-R-C-A-R-O-L-E-M-D, or you can go to my Terrorist Therapist Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Carol Lieberman, MD. 
Facebook did not like the idea of having a page called Terrorist, where it was formally named Terrorist Therapist, but that's what it's named on the page itself. That's what you'll see. So let me get to the letter, email. Dear Terrorist Therapist, this is Jane from New York. I've had it. I don't know where to turn anymore. People are so on edge at work, at my kids' school, even at home with my husband. Everybody is so angry, no matter who they voted for. When will this end, or will it? Well, Jane, that's a good question. Um, I certainly hope it ends soon. I hope that uh, things will settle down. I hope that people, even people who did not vote for Donald Trump and are still not ready to call him their president, although that shows such disrespect for the office, but in any case, um, I hope that they will start to see enough things that are good. When no one, you know, no matter who became president, not just this year, but any year, I mean, this year was probably the most divisive that we, in, in memory, but, um, but really, nobody likes, uh, not, not everyone likes, and that's why we have votes, folks. Not everyone likes whoever it is who becomes president. Um, so, so there's always going to be, you're not going to agree with everything that they do or who they are. And yes, this was more contentious than anybody can remember. So I, I get that. But anyhow, I hope that there will be enough things that people will be happy about. And I'm not saying not to continue to um, protest or to do what you can to get these specific issues that you um, feel strongly about done in your way. I don't think you should send little children into protest marches holding signs with profanity on it, however. But um, I think that, uh, for one thing, the Dow <laughs> has gone up. <laughs> Business seems to be very optimistic, at least. That's a good sign for America. So, you know, I think that there will be some more good signs. And in any case, whether, again, regardless of who you voted for, or how, what you believe, or even if you're... Uh, still angry. I mean, the thing is, even if you're not angry, that's the, the real problem. Even if you're not angry, you have to deal every day with people who are angry, who are walking around in the streets, literally, and in your office and, and in your neighborhood being angry. And that's very exhausting. It is so stressful and exhausting. So I will want, again, to encourage you to see this movie to remember who the real enemy is. It is not each other. Um, I want to thank you for listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist, and I want to please urge you to remember we need to make every day Patriot's Day because we need to be patriotic and keep being grateful every day for this wonderful country that we live in.